stand? Brother Jack Hayfley, would you start us off in a word of prayer, please? Amen. We do have quite a few out. It is fall break, so we uh, y'all just pray for those that's traveling. And we'll start off page 57.
at last. this morning. How was everybody? Good, good, good to hear. Got a few things to read here, so uh, bear with me. Um, if I forget something and somebody needs to have an announcement, just holler it out <laughs> um, so I won't forget. Uh, so October 22nd, ladies meeting after the morning service. Uh, that's where you're going to put the prayer journals together that y'all been uh, getting together. Uh, y'all are going to eat over there and uh, have a good, good time, good fellowship. Uh, so don't remember or don't forget that rather. October the 28th, uh, Happy Pilgrim's Dinner hosted by Jake, uh, Jack Hayfley at 6 o'clock. Uh, as well as uh, on the 28th, uh, you notice the sign-up sheet out there. <clears throat> Excuse me. On the 28th, uh, that's when the uh, Brazelton uh, Antique and Fall Festival is going to be as well. So if you've signed up for that, the bus is going to leave the church at 10 o'clock, okay? So if you're going to ride the bus, uh, please be here by 10 o'clock for that. Then that evening is when we're going to have the, uh, the dinner uh, that Jack is going to feed us. Uh, the uh, 
Any, the, the kids from uh, Crusader for Christ is going to help out with that as well. And that's going to be at 6 o'clock in the Fellowship Hall on the 28th as well. So 10 o'clock, Rasselton, 6 o'clock, Happy Pilgrim's Dinner. Uh, let's see. On November the 4th, we've got an officer's banquet. Uh, again, it'll probably be at the Smith House, unless anybody has any uh, ideas. Uh, the, so that's for the officer of the church. But if you want to come have a good fellowship, please come. Uh, you have to buy your own dinner, but uh, it is a real good time that we have. So don't, for, uh, don't forget that. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. In December, there's a happy pilgrim's trip to the Victorian House. Uh, let's see. There's a sign-up sheet if you want to go. So please sign up. If you've signed up, please let Quita and Joe know about that. They have to get the tickets, and uh, uh, they're not reimbursable. So uh, please let them know if you want to go so they can get tickets uh, for that as well. Got a couple of cards to read here. Uh, let's see. Our whole family thanks you for the beautiful peace lilies uh, y'all sent for uh, Dad's service. It brought light to us at a very uh, difficult time. We're so grateful to have your love and support. Thank you, um, the Hill fam uh, Thomas family, uh, Eddie and Debbie Puckett. Uh, so, and also, uh, their church family would like to uh, say thank you for all the calls, texts, and prayers that you've extended to our family during the, uh, the loss of uh, our loved one. Uh, thank you for the, the food that was provided for us as well. Uh, your thoughtfulness and kindness has uh, made this difficult time a little easier of the Bennett and the Hahn family. And uh, that was for my mother. Uh, and the other card was for uh, Debbie's father. Uh, I appreciate that tremendously. Uh, times like this, you really understand um, who's out there praying for you and thinking about you. And I, I really appreciate that. Uh, let's see. Um, Brother Jay had called, and he will be back next Sunday. Uh, so, um, and Sunday night, I'm assuming, Sunday, okay, Sunday and Sunday night. So, be here for that. Uh, this coming Wednesday night, we are not having uh, Crusaders for Christ. We follow the Hall County schedule for, well, we're, we're a little thin right here, so it's still going to be a little thin on Wednesday night, too. So, we're going to take Wednesday night off. We're not going to be eating. Uh, but service will still start at 7 o'clock, so be here for the Bible study, please. And last but not least, we got uh, uh, this uh, right after service today, a uh, real quick youth meeting uh, with Janet. So if y'all don't mind, just up here, good. All right, just meet with Janet up here for a real quick uh, youth meeting. All right, thank you very much.
Good morning. Good to be in the house of God. I count it a privilege to be able to come here the second week. As soon as that doctor in Emory told me I was cancer-free, I prayed and said, Lord, give me something extra to do now. And Brother Transom called me and said, uh, come fill in for two weeks. I said, thank you, Lord. So good to be here these two weeks with you. So Brother Shuler's coming back and uh, put me out of a job. But that's good. That's a good thing. Turn with me, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 16 this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. I ask you to keep praying. On the 23rd of this month, I go in for the first uh, BCG treatment, six weeks. Every Monday for six weeks, I've got to have this uh, chemo light, I call it, just a preventive maintenance. So I covered your prayers. And they go in again and see if I'm still, still cancer-free and hope I will be. So just trust in God for that. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, starting in verse 7. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 7. For I will not see you now by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you if the Lord permit. It's always good to say that, isn't it? If the Lord permit, Lord willing. Verse 8. But I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost, for a great door and effectual door is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. Paul is saying to the church at Corinth, I'm going to come see you, but first I'm going to Ephesus until Pentecost. And the reason being, for a great door and effectual door is open unto me. A great door opened open up opportunity for, of success, I'm expected, to go through this door. Father in heaven, help us this morning to understand the message, to glean from the word of God. May the Holy Spirit have perfect liberty here to speak to our hearts and may we be obedient to him. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want to preach a message this morning about seven doors in the Christian life. Seven doors, an open door for him, we have open doors before us. Seven doors in the Christian life. The first door, the most important door, is the open door of salvation. If you've not gone through that door, then the rest of this message is not for you. Not for you, don't even listen to it. But the first door, the first door of opportunity is the door of salvation. Seven times in the Gospel of John, Jesus said, I am. He said, I'm the bread of life, I'm the light of the world, I'm the door of the sheep, I'm the resurrection, truth of life, the way to the truth of life, I'm the true vine. Seven times. The third statement he said in John 10, 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. By him. We've got a lot of doors in this building. I was in the trim business for a while, I hung a lot of doors. I like this message. When you go through a door, what happens? You leave one area, you go into another area. When you go through the door of salvation, some good things happen, don't they? You leave behind you the wrath of God. I'm reading Romans 5, 9. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. If you've gone through this door of salvation, you will not face the wrath of God. Let me read another verse here. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, in verse 10. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who has delivered us from the wrath to come. When you go through the door of salvation, you leave the wrath of God behind you. What else do you leave? You leave guilt and shame behind you. I'm reading Isaiah 43, 25. Don't need to turn there. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. 
I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember thy sins. I will not remember thy sin. You know, we have a God that's omnipotent, it's all-powerful, omnipresent, he's all over, and he's omniscient, all-knowing. How can an all-knowing God not know our sins? One preacher answered that question, he remembers to forget. <laughs> he will rem not remember our sins. When we go through the door of salvation, we leave the wrath of God behind, we leave guilt and shame behind, the fear of man also, Psalm 27, 1, I'm reading, The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? I preached about fear this morning in Sunday school class. The Lord is the strength of my life, on whom shall I be afraid? We shouldn't be afraid of anything. Hmm? This door is for anybody, for the whosoever wills. Of course, the Calvinists don't like that, but we believe that. The door is open to anybody. Someday the door might be shut. When God shut the door of the ark, the door was shut. Nobody else could get in. But right now the door is open. The door of opportunity for salvation is open. That's the most important door you'll ever go through in your life. We sang that song again this morning. You remember the time? Last Sunday we talked about, had a little popcorn testimony. About remember what day you got saved. What a day it was. What a day it was. This door is open for you for the whosoever wills. You may enter it boldly, but you can only enter it by belief and repentance. I believe repentance is necessary for salvation. Except you repent and you shall all likewise perish. Luke 13, 3. Some people say, well, you don't have to repent. That's a work. No, it's not a work. It's a change of mind. Change of direction. Repentance is necessary for salvation. If you deal with people about the Lord, if you try to lead somebody to God through the scriptures, you must deal with repentance as well. We've got churches full. Easy believism. No repentance. Open door of salvation. These doors are progressive. This door is the only door that talks about positional sanctification. Sanctification means you're set apart, set apart in the family of God, set apart as the bride of Christ. You are positionally saved when you get saved. But the rest of these doors, until we get to the very last one, are progressive sanctification. This door leads to the next door. It's the open door of instruction. It's good to be instructed by God, but you can't be instructed by God if you don't know God. Turn with me, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I taught homiletics in a Bible institute, and I told the young preachers, that if you call on somebody to turn to the scriptures, give them time to get there. Don't call out the address and start reading. Give them, give them time. You ought to know the books of the Bible, amen? Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. 1 Corinthians 2, 14. I like to hear those pages flipping. Here it is. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. The natural man here is a lost person. Someone who's never been saved, never been regenerated, never been born again. For they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. You can't have spiritual discernment without the Holy Spirit. You can't go through the door of instruction until you know God. You've got to go through the first door before you can ever go through the second door. Because he's not going to teach you without the Holy Spirit. Amen. James 1.5 says, if you lack wisdom, ask God for wisdom. 2 Timothy 2.7 says, God will give you understanding. Ephesians 4.11, turn there with me. I want you to go to that one. Ephesians 4.11. And I'll give you time to get there. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things. So if we have the Holy Spirit, why do we need teachers? It tells us right here in this verse. Ephesians 4.11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets. Now, there are no more apostles and there are no more prophets. 
regardless of what those knuckleheads say on TV. And some evangelists, we have those, don't we? And some pastors, yes, and teachers. He gave all that as gift to the church. Why? And verse 12 gives us the answer. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. God wants us to go through this door of instruction. The door of instruction is only possible through the word of God. Through the word of God. 2 Timothy 3.16. Go there with me. Great verse. You probably know it by heart. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. We're talking about the open door of instruction. 2 Timothy 3 verse 16. I like that big little word. All scripture. All scripture is given for, by inspiration of God and is profitable. Then it names four things here. Profitable for doctrine. Doctrine tells us what's right. For reproof. Reproof tells us what's wrong. For correction. Correction tells us how to get right. For instruction and righteousness tells us how to stay right. You can't go through the door of instruction without the word of God. We must have the word of God. You can read your Bible through in a year, reading three plus chapters a day. But we're not talking about reading. We're talking about studying. Reading is not the same as studying. Studying the word of God. God wants us to go through the door of instruction and to let us glean from the Word of God with the help of the Holy Spirit. Yes, we do have teachers and preachers and evangelists, and we do have the Holy Spirit that uses them, and through them we can learn and glean from God's Word. Amen. It's a sad thing. A lot of people have gone through this first door, have never gone through the second door. So think about that door when we get to the end of this message. But they're progressive. One door leads to the next. And when we read the Word of God and get instructed by the Word of God, we'll go through the next door, and that's the door of prayer. Our most neglected privilege, probably, the open door of prayer. It's a privilege to talk to God, but you can't talk to God until you know God. John 9, 31, let me read it. Now we know that God heareth not sinners. Everybody understand that verse? The exception to that is when a sinner is asking to be saved. I think I told you sometime back, at one time a lady came up and argued with me about that verse. She said before her husband were saved, her husband was sick on the point of death. And she prayed and God heard her prayer and saved her husband. I said, no, he didn't. I said, you weren't saved then? She said, no. I said, God didn't hear your prayer. It might have been God's will to heal your husband. It might have been God healing, hearing somebody else who was a Christian to, to save your husband. I said, God heareth not sinners. Look at the rest of the verse. But if any man be a worshiper of God, who does that? Just Christians. And doeth his will. Who does that? Just Christians. Him he heareth. I've asked the question before. You want to get your prayers answered? You've got to get them heard. That's deep theology, isn't it? Psalm 66, 18 says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. We've got to confess our sins and get open channel to God and get our prayers going through. God answers an email. Hmm? Has he got your address? Has he got your email address? He answers the email, praise the Lord. Well, Proverbs 15, 29 says, Hear at the prayer of the righteous. There's different kinds of prayer. There's family prayer, group prayer, private prayer, public prayer. Different types of prayer. There's prayer of praise, prayer of thanksgiving, prayer of intercession, prayer of supplication. Different kinds of prayer, and we need to be involved with all of them. God opens the door of prayer. We need to go through that door. 
Pray without ceasing, the Bible says. That doesn't mean keep your head bowed and your eyes closed all day long. You can't do that. But be in a spirit of prayer. Be willing to pray and able to pray. When something comes up, you can pray immediately. Different kinds of prayer. Pass through this door. When we go through this door, only then can we go to the next door, and that's the open door of fellowship. You can't fellowship with God without prayer. And this fellowship is twofold. Number one, we need to go through the door, open the fellowship of prayer. James 4, 8. Draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to you. This nearness is a sweet fellowship that God wants us to enjoy. And we can do that anywhere. In your car, that's when you're watching pray. In your home, in your workplace, open door of prayer. Open door of fellowship. 1 John 1, 3. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Through the help of the Holy Spirit. When you pray, all the Trinity is involved. You're praying to God the Father, through God the Son, with the help of God the Holy Spirit. Open door prayer. How's our prayer life today? Could we pray more? We could all pray more. Doesn't matter how long your prayer list is. We could all say, I could pray more than I'm praying. Amen? Amen. Amen. Fellowship not only with God, but I said it was twofold fellowship with one another. Christians ought to be able to fellowship with one another. If we have the same hope, the same goal, the same belief, we ought to be able to fellowship with one another. Hmm? We may not cross our T's and dot our I's exactly the same, but the cardinal darkens of the faith, we ought to believe in those, have fellowship with one another. I wish all Christians would understand that. Everywhere I've pastored, and that's been many churches, God's let us start five churches, and I've pastored 12 churches in the church rescue ministry, I had a time of fellowship. And I had a reason, twofold reason for fellowship. Number one, we need fellowship. You do that here. The second reason was, I wanted to see who wouldn't shake hands with who. This little group over here wouldn't shake hands with this group. I'm going to nip that in the bud. I said, listen, you get it right or you get out. I'll ask that. We don't need that kind of spirit in the church. Amen. Open door fellowship. Revelation 3.20. Turn there with me. Great verse, but it's taken out of context so many times. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Revelation 3.20. Found your place, say amen. You can't find it, say oh me. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. When I was first saved, my pastor in Orange Park, Florida, used this verse in soul winning. And you can use it there, but it's out of context because it has nothing to do with salvation. This verse has everything to do with fellowship with the Holy Spirit of God. Talking about fellowship, not salvation. Until I got in Bible school, I didn't realize the difference. But that's what it's for. There's so many churches that won't let the Holy Spirit in to fellowship with Him. They run the Holy Spirit out with carnal music, contemporary music. Hmm? So many churches have turned into entertainment centers. They have skits and plays and dramas and very little preaching. One of my dear friends gone to be with the Lord now, Brother Willard Thomas, you know him, he pastored a church in Gainesville. Above his baptistry, he had big, bold letters, Welcome, Holy Spirit. I loved it. Too many times the Holy Spirit is not welcome in churches. That verse is about our fellowship with him. 
Fellowship, open door of fellowship leads to another door, and that's the open door of power. You can't have power with God without the Holy Spirit. You can't have it. Some have more spiritual power than others. Why is that? Do they have a special favor from God? Do they have a special hidden door that no one else knows about? No. Matthew 28 says, Jesus said, all power is given unto me. So then if I have Jesus, I've got the power? No. You've got to go through the doors. There are no shortcuts with power for God. Hmm? You want your life to count for God? You want your life to count when you get, when you get to witness somebody to, for good things to happen? Not the same old routine, no, I'll, I'll come later, you know, I don't believe in all that. I mean, have power with God in your life, especially for winning somebody to God. Preached about that last week here. Now, some people are powerless because of worldliness. Lot didn't have any power with God. He couldn't win his daughters and his sons-in-law of the Lord because he was too worldly. Some people don't have power because of unbelief. Turn with me, if you would, to Matthew 17. Matthew chapter 17. going to look at an example right here of unbelief and no power with God. Matthew chapter 17, starting in verse 14. Matthew 17, 14. And when they were come to multitude, there came unto him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed. For oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil and departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples of Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. We need to believe God that he can use us just like we are. Do you want to be used of God? You've got to have the power of God. And it comes through these doors. It comes through the filling of the Holy Spirit. You want spiritual power? only comes that way. There are no shortcuts. It's progressive. This door leads to the next door, and it's a very important door. That's the open door of service, door number six. The open door of service. God's looking for plowers, planters, and pickers. Any part of that program you want to get on, it'll be all right with God. Some people plow the ground. Hmm? You go by that clerk at the Walmart checkout and you hand them a track. You might be planting the seed. Maybe the plowed, the plowed ground was there, open, ready for the seed. Some people plant the seed, and some get to reap the harvest. I like the last part especially. That doesn't get to come very often. Not often enough, is it? Plowers, planters, and pickers. Amen. God wants us to go to work in his vineyard. as an open door. The door's waiting. You decide you want to serve God, you've got to make a commitment. What's the difference between surrender and commitment? Surrender is when you have to. Japanese country had, had to surrender. They didn't want another bomb dropped on them. They had to surrender. But commitment is when you want to. Big difference. I need to surrender to God. Yeah, you need to surrender, but you need to make a commitment. A commitment to surrender. Make a commitment to serve God. You can't serve two masters, God and mammon, the great creator or the great condemner. Some people want money so bad their life just thrives for it. Hey, is money more important than the will of God? Open door of service. Find your place on the wall and serve God. Joshua said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What can you do? If you're not sure what to do, just ask God to show you something. 
Now, your pastor, if it's, if it's Brother Shuler, he's still a young man. Was he 33? He could probably stand and handle a heart attack. But some pastors will have a heart attack if the members come up. Pastor, I want to do something at the church. Boom. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Just ask God what you can do. The best ability is availability. Make yourself available. Here's my philosophy of the Christian life. All my ministry, I've tried to make hard things, difficult things, easy to understand. Here's my philosophy of the Christian life. Make yourself usable to God, and He'll give you a job. You stay faithful on that job, and He'll take care of you. He'll meet your needs. He'll keep you safe. It's just that simple. That's my philosophy of the Christian life. Make yourself usable. He'll give you a job. Maybe a little job to start with. And then it'll grow. We support my home church, West Haven Baptist Church. I think we support 73 missionaries, at least $50 a month. And my pastor said, all these missionaries you support, now they're directors. Now they're way up in the mission board. They're not on the field anymore. I said, well, they're progressing. God's given them a bigger job, a better job. Open door of service. What can we do? What do you want to do? Let me give that quote I gave last week that I heard at a Hallmark movie. Are you happy with your life? A better question, is God happy with your life? Are you doing what you should be doing? Are you doing what God wants you to do? The open door of service. How can we serve God? So many different ways to serve God. So many things to do around a church. Not everybody's a preacher. Not everybody's a teacher. Not everybody plays the piano. Plays that bass guitar. Whoever did that did a great job. I enjoyed the bass guitar this morning. I try to play the guitar myself. All little jobs we can do. Say, Lord, I want to get busy. I want to do something in my church. Even if it's sweep the floor. If it's, can we clean the bathrooms? A lowly job. Hmm? God will honor it. God will honor it. That leads us to the last door. And that's the open door of heaven. Now, the first door was positional sanctification. All these others have been progressive sanctification until we get to this last door, and that's perfected sanctification, the open door of heaven. If you've gone through the first door, you will go through the last door. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. But some are going to go through ashamed. Go with me if you would. 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, verse 28. 1 John chapter 2, verse 28. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. When the Lord comes back, some are going to be ashamed that they never did anything for God. When's the last time you asked God to fill you with his spirit? When's the last time you asked God to give you someone to witness to that day? Give you someone to hand the track to that day? Hmm? Wow. Go with me, if you will, also, John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Great chapter in the Word of God. Verse 4. John chapter 15, verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you, 
as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in me and abide in the van. No more can you except you abide in me. Hey, we're nothing without him. We can't do anything without him. When we try to do things in our own strength and own wisdom, it's failure. But when we abide in him, look at the next verse. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. We've got to trust in him. That open door of heaven is going to be a blessing. We'll be ashamed if we abide in him and let him work through us, let him work in us. If you're not saved, there could be a time when the door's shut. The door of the ark was shut. But if you're saved, it'll never be shut. John 6, 37 says you can't be cast out. John 10, 28 says you can't be plucked out. Jude, verse 24 says you can't fall out. Once you're in, you're in. The door's wide open. When he comes, when that trumpet sounds, and we take that plain air ride, hmm, be with him forever. Will it be an abundant entry or shameful entry? Let me ask you the question tonight. What doors are you facing? Door of instruction? Never gone through that door? Door of prayer? Door of fellowship? Not just with God, with one another? Door of power? Wanting power in your life? Are you facing a door that you haven't gone through this morning? Let's bow our heads today. Lance, will you come with the invitation song? The doors of opportunity are wide open. And this altar is wide open. I want you to pray. I'm going to pray with you in just a minute. Say, Lord, do I need to go through a door this morning? Something I've been missing in my Christian life. Father in heaven, help us to realize these doors are before us. And you've opened up to us for opportunity to serve you, to pray, to have power, to have fellowship with you and with our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you, Lord, for that door of heaven is going to be open one day. But until then, help us to go through these other doors to be fulfilled all that you want us to do in this Christian life and not be ashamed at your coming. Help us, Lord, just to be obedient to the Holy Spirit this morning in this invitation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Altar's open.